Hi, welcome to Life and Application. I'm your host, Jay Huey, and co-host, Jason Bjerke. We're going to be tackling issues that Christians have that are everyday questions that we might not know how to actually apply to our lives. Tonight, my first question is going to be, how do we forgive? And it's not just the basic, I don't want just the basic answer of, you know, we pray for forgiveness, because forgiveness is actually hard to actually do. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I really struggle with wanting to rectify the situation instead of just forgiving somebody. I mean, it's, I've been working on it for the last couple of years, really just trying to forgive somebody and not, not dwelling on it, truly giving it to the Lord. But um, I grew up my whole life, you know, I know all the verses on forgiveness, but how to actually apply it. I, I was 45 years old before I actually tried for the first time to ever apply it in my life to, to truly forgive someone who's wronged me. And um, so I'd like to know what the Bible has to say in it. All uh, right. How do we apply that? Yeah, that's a good question, Jay, and it's one that I think if everyone is honest that they all struggle with. I know that I do. You know, I think we want to forgive people, and sometimes we we feel that based on what they did, it's how much time we need to kind of punish them before we forgive them. And after we've, you know, laid out our punishment as, as you know, a certain amount, then we're like, okay, now I can forgive you. And that's pretty much the opposite of what the Bible teaches you know, uh, Matthew chapter 18 has the whole thing covered, really. It's actually one of my favorite parables that, that Jesus tells. It gets led into with Peter going up to Jesus, and you probably remember this, and he says, how many times should I forgive someone that sins against me? Seven times? And Jesus responds and says, you know, not seven times, but 70 times seven, or in some translations, it says 77 times. And it's really interesting because Peter thought he was being very gracious by giving the number seven, right? Because there was a rabbinical teaching based on the book of Amos chapter one that said, after someone sins against you the fourth time, you no longer have to forgive them. So Peter thought that he was doing a really good job by going the extra, extra mile and going seven times and forgiving someone. And he was probably hoping that Jesus was going to say, you know what, Peter, after seven times, you can just never forgive them again. But Jesus throws out the number 77 times. And the number that is very significant because in Christianity, the number seven is the number of perfection, the number of completeness. And the way that Jesus uses it is that it's a continual thing. There's no end to that. And so Jesus tells the story of the unforgiving servant. And this servant racked up a debt of 10,000 talents. Now, we have a hard time of understanding how much 10,000 talents is, but one talent equaled 6,000 days wage. So 10,000 talents is, you know, 60 million days wages, which is an insurmountable amount that this dude is ever, he can never pay it off, right? And so he goes to the king and he begs for mercy and the king forgives him completely of his debt. He doesn't just say, well, I'm going to remember that you owed me this and I'm going to file it away in my head. He completely forgives it. He writes it off and he bears the loss himself, right? So he no longer looks at that man and says, you owe me that 10,000 talents or the 60 million days wage. He looks at it as he himself lost the money, right? Then the servant comes in, you know, the servant who was just forgiven, he finds another guy that owes him 
the Bible says 100 denarii, right, which is 100 days wage, which is, that's a payable, I mean, that can be paid, right? It's, it's not insurmountable. And he, he says, you know, give me the money now. And the guy goes, give me some time and I'll, I'll, I'll pay it off. And the man refused to forgive him. And he threw him into debtor's prison until he could, you know, make that payment to him. And so when the king found this out, he was furious, right? And he gave this man a new debt, right? It was because of his debt of unforgiveness. And so the question that you ask, you know, how do we forgive? Well, we forgive the way that the king did, right? And so in the story, obviously the king is, is God. We are the first servant that had the insurmountable debt, right? That was our salvation debt. There's nothing we can do to, to earn our salvation. There's nothing we can do to pay that off. And it was a lifelong debt. You know, we, it's a lifelong debt that, that we've incurred and that we have to pay off. We can't. And the second servant is really anyone else that does us wrong. And when we see what the king did when he forgave the man, right, he forgave him immediately. You know, he didn't make him wait. He forgave him completely. He didn't say, well, I'm going to wipe away 90% of your debt. He wiped away all of it. And he forgave him without conditions. He didn't say, well, I'm going to forgive you this time, but if it ever happens again, I'm going to dump it all back on you. That's not how it happened. And then the third thing is, or the fourth thing is that he forgave out of love, right? The Bible says that he was moved with compassion. That's love. And so, you know, those four things you know, or how we're supposed to forgive, you know, it's immediate, complete, without conditions, and, and out of love. And granted, it's, it's really hard to do, and I don't think we're always very good at it. All right, let me ask a couple follow-up points that I would have as a, All right. as a I will say, an everyday person. Um, now, I know there's verses out there where you're supposed to bring your grievances to the other person, and there's... But I've noticed a lot of times in my life, like even after if someone's offended you, for instance, or wronged you, and you go and say your piece, you feel better for five seconds. But all you did now was 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 make things worse. It, it makes forgiving that much harder now because now you've added additional baggage. So um, if, if someone's wronged you, and, and and we'll talk, we'll go even deeper. Like it's family. So now you have the the family aspect of it. You're your family's done something that's offended you, and you know if you say something, they're going to feel bad. It's not going to help the situation. So are we supposed to just forgive that that person wronged us, or are we supposed to go to that person and actually try and clear it up? And from my experiences, that that hasn't worked out very well. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. You know, it's um, something that is always needs to be balanced, right? So, you know, the first one, it's one of my favorite verses it's Proverbs twelve sixteen, and it says that the fool gets offended immediately, but a person of wisdom overlooks an insult. And a lot of times, you know, we play the fool. Absolutely. Right? I mean, we just get so angry so quickly, and then it just escalates. Uh, there's another verse, uh, Romans twelve eighteen, that says, you know, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So if there's not going to be peace... You know, we can't let it be on our side. You know, we have to do all that we can do to foster peace, for there to be peace. And there's some instances where there just can't be peace, right? But if there's not going to be peace, don't let it be because of us. But it's interesting, your question, you know, how do we go to someone that has wronged us 
in that same parable that Jesus taught just before he went into his parable, he talked about uh, going to the brother or your friend or anyone that has offended you. And that's in Matthew 8, I think it's 8.15. And it says, if, if your brother has offended you, go and tell him, you know, his offense. Now, in the Greek, the, the word brother there is Adolphus, which is can be your blood brother or your blood family or just really anyone that you come in contact with. I think the hardest part, like um, what I've struggled with in the last couple of years as I've grown is um, helping out God. Right. Um, I've noticed that a lot of times I will pray for forgiveness, but then I'll still sit back after I've got done praying God for forgiveness and clarity and to ease my mind of the situation then I'll catch myself dwelling on it and figuring out how I can now rectify the situation. So now I'm, I, I guess one of the application questions I have is, what's our role and what's God's role? Like what, what are we supposed to do on the forgiveness part? And when we give it to God, are we supposed to now completely give it? Like not, not bring it up again, not, you know, like, I, I guess that's where I've struggled a lot in the past is where I try to help God out with his job. Right. Which, obviously, I know I can't do. Yeah. No, we no, we none can. And a lot of times we fall into the trap of trying to help God. I think, really, the, the best thing that we can do is that, you know, a lot of times we want someone to come and apologize to us. So Absolutely. That, right? And, you know, there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Okay, so forgiveness is, you know, you say something to me that and that makes me feel bad, right? And I'm driving home and I can either get really mad about it, write you a nasty text, or I can forgive you. Then the next time we're together, I can say, hey, you know, when you, when you said that to me, I know you may have been joking, but that really made me feel bad. How you respond determines the reconciliation. So if you say, you're an idiot, that shouldn't have offended you, right? I've still, I've still given you the forgiveness, but the reconciliation hasn't happened. When you say, hey, look, man, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. You know, I was just trying to be funny or whatever, you know, accept my apologies, and I say, yeah, no, no problem. We fist bump and whatnot. Now we've reconciled and our relationship is, is restored. And that's where, you know, that comes in from, from Romans where it says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So on my side, there's peace, right? And for us to be completely reconciled, you have to, you know, reciprocate that and, you know, say, hey, look, I'm sorry. Even if you don't feel like, like what you've done was wrong, you know, you may think I'm overreacting, you know, or I'm too sensitive or whatever the case may be. But even if you feel that, you can say, hey, look, that was not my intention, and, you know, that's how we can have reconciliation. And I think, you know, with, with God, I think, you know, there's a combination of a thing where we give it to God and we let God deal with it, right? But, you know, the Bible says that, you know, seek and you'll find, right? Ask and you'll receive. Well, those aren't just one-time things. Those are a continual thing. You know, so if you're trying to have, you know, be able to get to a point where you can forgive someone or you've already forgiven them, but the reconciliation hasn't happened, I think it's completely appropriate to, at night or during the day or whenever it comes to your mind, just say, hey, you know what, Lord, I'm 
really wanting this relationship to be reconciled. And, you know, if there's anything else I need to do on my side, let me know because I'm willing to do it. And I think with with that attitude, you know, uh, that's the right approach. And the other thing is, is that the people that we're mad at, those are the people we need to be praying for. That's an excellent point, though, because I, now that you just mentioned that, I've, I've prayed for forgiveness on a handful of issues that I've battled this last year, but I've never asked for the Lord to help in reconciliation. And um, yeah, I definitely was missing that step. Yeah, and it's um, it's one that we often don't hear about. You know, the reconciliation, and you know, the ministry of the church and the ministry of Christians is all about reconciliation. Well, I think that's the whole point of the behind this podcast. Is um, I mean, I grew up in a Christian environment my whole life, so spouting off the verses is really easy for me but right actually applying them and knowing what verses you know each religion kind of leaves out or doesn't really hit that hard yeah you know it um so i got another question okay all right so me and you've been friends since we were born yeah we've had hundreds of arguments and over the years so how do you handle a situation when you go up to somebody and say hey Jason, you offended me when you said that yesterday. And then since we've known each other for 45 years, then you start bringing up stuff from the last 15 years that you've never mentioned. Mm-hmm. So now Pandora's box has been opened. Right. Well, that would be my fault if I bring up the past, right? Because I should have already forgiven that, you know, the same way that the king did, right? Completely, right? It, I, I shouldn't be bringing it back up. Right, so how do I respond as your Christian brother when someone starts down that road? How do I, how do I respond to, to stop that situation from getting worse? Because obviously me being abrasive back to you or getting in an argument with you when you're already hot is not going to glorify God at all. No, and I think when you, you know, first make the approach to the person, if you go in a very calm and humble approach and say, look, I'm sure I've done things that have offended you and I'm sorry for those if, you know, for the times that I have, but what you said yesterday really, really made me feel bad. And this is what you said and this is why it made me feel bad. And, you know, I just wanted you to be aware of that. And I think if we take that approach and if people start, we can't control what they do. You know, we can only control what we do. And if they want to bring up the past and start going down memory lane and throwing things in your face, that's where, you know, the Proverbs comes in and says that the fool gets offended immediately, which, again, we always play the fool. But a person of wisdom overlooks an insult, and you can say, you know what, I'm glad you brought that to my attention. I I know I have things to work on, too, and, you know, I'll add this to the list, right? I did find that. I don't want to use the word ironic because that's probably the wrong word, but when, when I was praying for forgiveness on my part to forgive people who I felt offended me, um, as I'm in there in prayer, in deep prayer, things would pop up in my head of things that I've done to other people, and I found myself over this last two years going back and apologizing to coworkers, friends that I know I'd said insensitive stuff or... Maybe I wasn't there when I said I was going to be there. I wasn't a reliable friend at that at that moment. Can you explain a little bit more on that? Like when, as you're praying and God will use what you're praying for to come back and 
open up your own life to make a checklist and when we approach things with humbleness, you know, and we're asking the Lord to show us things, we have to be careful. And when we say, Lord, show me where I've done wrong, because he's going to. And, you know, our list are, are, are many, you know, and that's the verse that we probably all memorized, Ephesians 4.32, you know, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you, right? We memorize that growing up, we can spout the verse off, but... If we think about it, the idea is, you know, be kind, forgiving one another, right? It's not just, you know, me that needs to forgive you because Jay's always messing up. It's Jay needs to forgive Jason because Jason's always messing up too. And so when we both realize that, you know, we are supposed to forgive each other and we both realize that we've both been forgiven this insurmountable debt that we can never pay back. Our willingness to forgive, you know, should be um, greater than what it usually is. I know, and that's sometimes I catch myself because when you really get down to like what you were just saying, like I've had instances in my life where forgiving someone for something small. I mean, if, if I was to tell the story to somebody else, I'd be like, "Dude, that's nothing." And then, you know, where I struggled with forgiving that person, and then yet, my Lord and Savior has forgiven me and I'm the reason why he had to die on right. the cross. You know, like when you start putting apples to oranges, it makes you feel pretty small. And the encounters of Christians that I've had, um, we, we know a lot of verses, but unfortunately mm-hmm. I don't think we were really taught how to apply them. Like, um, like you brought up excellent points in the very beginning about, you know, forgiveness and then, you know, reconciliation. And then hey, listen, if you, you forgive that person what they do now it's it's on them you know it's not it's no longer on you right um, and you know i think we just taught certain verses you know just so that we can spout off if someone asks the questions but i think as christians we really struggle as a group to forgive people like we we like to judge people no, i know what degrees, you mean but well you know the bible says that you know it's greater it's a greater task to take over a well-fortified city than to win back a friend or a brother that you've offended. And so it's not because you're not sorry. It's because the person who's offended has to give up their right to be offended, right? Because that's really what it is. When we forgive someone, we're giving up our right to be offended. We're giving up our right to uh, bring it up again. And, you know, we're giving up all of our rights in that instance for, for that situation. And we're saying, I'm giving them all up and I'm going to forgive you for this. And it's, uh, it's a complete forgiveness. And, you know, our minds work in a way, you know, it's just natural. So, you know, it's like Pavlov's dog, right? Every time they, the bell rang, they salivated because they knew they were going to eat. So every time you get in an argument again with the same person, you're like, darn it. This always happens. And you just say you did this and this happened and this happened. And now you've done everything wrong, right? Because you didn't forgive completely, right? You, you didn't forgive with, you know, without conditions. And you didn't forgive out of love because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13 that love holds no record of wrong, right? And so when we forgive out of love, we erase that record or... You know, the way that God does it, you know, uh, he chooses not to hold it against us, which is phenomenal knowing that, 
he still loves us and treats us the way that he does, knowing that we've done all these things wrong. He looks at us through the lens and he sees us as the righteousness of Christ. That's what Romans 8, 1 teaches us. And so we need to respond that way in that same way to others. My next question will be kind of for like a litmus test for people is if I prayed for forgiveness on the forgive somebody and it keeps popping in my head, does that mean I haven't forgiven? What is my next step now? Because obviously I'm not, I'm not past it yet. So is that, does that mean I'm not truly given to the Lord yet? Well, remember, the devil will put things into your mind, right, to try to uh, trip you up, to try to bring things back to your mind. You know, oh, look, they did it again, Jay. Same person, same, same event. But if you feel that it's the Lord that's bringing it to your mind, maybe it's perhaps the Lord's bringing that person to your mind because he wants you to pray for him. One of the hardest things to do is to pray for someone that you haven't forgiven. In fact, I don't even know if it's possible. You're so angry at that person, praying for God to bless their lives and all that they do is um, it's hard to do when you haven't forgiven. And so that's one of the ways that you know that you've really forgiven them is that you're able to pray for them and pray for God's blessing on them, right? In our mind, you know, we think, well... God is going to judge you. And, you know, then we're like Jonah, right? And we're, we'll sit back and we'll, we'll just wait for God to pour out judgment on this person for the offense that they did, right? And I know that people do that, right? We've all done that. Yeah, we've all done that. Well, just think about how many people are waiting for God's judgment on us because we're not perfect people, right? We've got a and, bunch. <laughs> right. And God's up in heaven saying, that's not how it's supposed to be, guys. Right? I want to pour out blessings on you. Right? Pray for each other. Right? Pray for God's blessings on each other. And that's 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 the way that God wants us to treat each other. And it, and it's not easy. That is a great point. Yeah. You should be able to forgive and get to the point where you're praying for blessings on that person. That's right. That that is an excellent point. That is a application point. <laughs> that, that's what we're trying to get to is how do we apply it? And that right there hit the nail on the head. All right, excellent. Excellent point, Jason. All right, well, good. Any other follow-up questions on this? One that I know would get asked by people I know is, is there a time frame on stuff that's too old that now you just got to let it go? Well, there is, in my reading of Scripture, there there is no statute of limitations on things. If it's something that um, has happened in a long past, right, and has not happened again, right? I would maybe say, you know, you know, the forgiveness and reconciliation might already be there. If it's something that has happened in the past and because of that event, you know, the relationship has been fractured and not restored, then it might be appropriate to try to work out that, you know, work out that relationship. But if it's something when you were like six and you're mad that I, I broke your, you know, your M16 stick in the back of Grandma and Grandpa's yard and threw it over the fence. Right. You know, that's, I, I, I think those statute limitations probably have, have passed. All right, well, Jason, I really appreciate you answering it. I really appreciate you putting it into oh, thank you. Um, easy to understand terms. Well, good. 
We thank you guys for joining us on our podcast, and we're looking forward to seeing you on our next episode, and we will um, wait to see you guys then. Have a great one. Thank you. Thank you.